Hey, beautiful souls, you are listening to the Belly Full podcast, where we are creating conscious conversations and sharing the tea on what it really takes to live a soulful, successful life with a belly full of good fucking juju. I'm Ashley Lazan, and I'll be sharing my own experiences and wisdom, and I'll be joined by amazing souls from all over the world to share their tea with you too. The Bellyful goal is to help you embrace and embody your weirdest, most wonderful and most successful self as a spiritual being living out this batshit crazy human experience. Thank you for joining me today for this Bellyful Conscious Conversation. I'm so excited to have you here. You're actually my first conscious conversation for um, Bellyful and in this new energy that we are move we are moving into so for those of you who are watching and I'm absolutely sweating right now it's because here on the Gold Coast it's so hot this evening it's come out from nowhere so just just deal with my sweat mustache and we'll all be fine it's a healthy so- glow <laughs> glowing um yeah it's it's a glow it's not sweat it's not gross it's a glow um so the belly full conversations is a space where we're really opening the door to talk about our real lives. We are real people who are creating and dedicated to creating real success from our soul that looks like how we see it inside, right? The whole theme around Bellyful is your own soulful, successful life with a belly full of your own good juju that feels right for you and feels in alignment with with who you are, where you've been and where you're growing to. So I really want to open this space with a couple of get to know you questions. And then we'll talk about, in fact, maybe we should do that first. Maybe we should introduce you before we do the get to know you questions. Um, So I'm going to hand over the reins and just ask you to introduce yourself before we go into this conversation. Sure. So I'm Jenna, um, business name known as Jenna Georgia. I am a mother of three children. I am building my business as we speak. (laughs) Um, I have a Greek background. So I lived in Europe for a while. I was there for 11 years before I moved back to Australia. And life is just full of surprises. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm just so happy to be on this show. I'm so honored to be your first guest. And yes, (laughs) realize I pronounced your name wrong as well so in the first 10 seconds I'm terrible at that as well that's like the worst I'm the worst at it I um I never know as well too because sometimes with accents things come out a little bit different so but I get Gina all the time because of the spelling yes yeah the funniest thing is when I get corrected on my own name you should write it j-e-double-n-a I'm like well excuse me it's g-e-n-a that's what my mother chose that's what we're going with <laughs> I get that a lot with aim because mine's l-i-e for Ashley everyone goes yeah. oh, that's, I've never seen it spelled like that before it's normally oh. e or e-y and I'm like well yours is the only way I've seen it spelt so really yeah you're the only person in my entire life who's ever said that. Well, there you go. Oh my God, I, <laughs> I was it. a teacher for 10 years. I've taught numerous Ashleys, all written in L-I-E. I've not seen it once with double E's or Y's or anything like that. 
you're maybe all special Ashleys then maybe I'm supposed to be you know I'm supposed to be here so maybe she, my mum was just channeling at the time then. okay so <laughs> amazing thank you so much for sharing um let's get to know you a little bit and then we'll talk about what it is that you do I am um, and the impact that you are having in the world. So I'm going to do a little bit of quick fire questions. So are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. So first one, are you an early bird or a night owl? Oh, I'm an early bird, whether I like it or not. And a night owl as well, whether I like it or not. <laughs> That's what happens when you have three kids. You're <laughs> up at 2am, you're up at 3am, you're up at 5.30am. And you stay <laughs> up till about 10pm just so you can get some peace and quiet. <laughs> that's a good answer like you I'm I am feel so fortunate to be able to like sleep when I want and wake up when I want and I am manifesting motherhood like at the next phase in my life but I'm not looking forward to not being in control of my own time you have um, to surrender that phase. yeah <laughs> it's a huge lesson in surrendering yeah that's a challenge yeah. um okay so what is one non-negotiable for your life your kind of morning for example with you being a mom oh so my non-negotiable what like a morning routine you said yeah morning. maybe something I yeah I, I was thinking of morning but then obviously with our last question that kind of changed yeah. the trajectory of that question but you no, take it as you my, will oh good I'll take it with morning because I'm pretty like I have to have my morning do and that's literally just make my tea, make my breakfast I share with my son. So he eats the first portion and then whatever he doesn't eat, I'll eat like yeah. dog scraps. <laughs> but I make enough for the both of us anyway. That's the, that's the moral of that. And I like to have my essential oils nearby. So mm-hmm. I huff peppermint like my life depends on it to wake up in the morning. <laughs> and then I have a beautiful oil for release which I put along like all my muscles and stuff because I always wake up tense from Mm -hmm. dealing with three-year-old and baby in the middle of the night yeah so they're my go-tos and then it's like a big old cracky stretch and then I'm ready for the day and if I don't get those things in if I don't have my cup of tea share my breakfast with my son my girls like to have their breakfast like to themselves um, mm-hmm. and do my little oil routine and crack my body <laughs> the day just doesn't go right <laughs> so that's my one I, non-negotiable yeah. as a mother and like nothing goes right like I can't focus for business I can't focus for questions for anything mm-hmm. like I just need it only takes me five minutes to do those couple of things and it just yeah just it's almost like a check-in isn't it like you wake up and it's like okay you need this is how I start this is how I put that key in the ignition and start otherwise it's just gonna jam and things things won't go smoothly I love that That what is your favorite color oh so I've always gravitated towards purple as a color but Mm -hmm. apparently my favorite color as a child was blue and the more I've been opening up and doing inner child stuff and all that blue's been coming back into the scene so yeah it does I was always orange and now like orange is way back in my life but it's interestingly what you said about purple because I used to hate the color purple like I would despise it for a period of my life there where I know I was the heaviest in my trauma 
right? When I was just living, I love it now, but I realized that it was a time where I was being muted. My spiritual gifts were being muted. Mm. I was in a relationship with a narcissist and like the spiritual side, my third eye, that was just, I was ramming it shut and refusing to look in in that way. So it's interesting how we like relate back to color and they do full circle and things. So I love that. Um, So who is your biggest inspiration right now? Oh, goodness me. What a question. (laughs) Uh, All right. So this is going to sound really corny, but my eldest daughter. Oh, that's not corny. That's beautiful. That's so, it's like mum cliche, but she is my, she's always been my biggest inspiration. But um, she's like my mini... She's, I think we've spoken about this in a previous conversation. I feel like in a previous life, our roles were reversed. She's yeah. like my mini mum. Like, obviously, I mother her. But um, it's just, yeah, she inspires me to do more. And she'll say, like, some comments like, oh, mum, you know, maybe you should do this for your business today. Or, you know, uh, I, she, will be, she loves looking at reels with me and she'll pick out some... Um, like sounds and she's like we could do this together and we could do that like a lot of the dancing ones they're inspired by by her and her energy and how we are together and she reminds me to bring the lighter part of me her and her sister both of them just remind me to bring bring out the lighter part of me because sometimes Mm -hmm. things can get really dense as adults we overthink things sometimes or uh, especially as a mom I'm worrying about you know yeah a billion things in the day and in particular my eldest she'll bring out the the funny in there because she worries a lot so I have to be a bit more lighter and bring the funny and it's 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 good yeah that's the nice balance yeah that. yeah <laughs> and you're preaching to the choir when you say you know as adults we overthink a lot I think even when you're on this journey I think there's such a misconception around like spiritual healing that one day you're never going to be an overthinker again, or you're going to let go of all these things. And actually you just keep, you keep being who you are. You keep having the the traits that you have, but you know how to manage and handle them better. And I think that's a really great opening conversation because that's what people don't talk about. Mm. right and we they step on to everyone's everyone's high vibing on this um spiritual awakening and astrology and like all the nice and beautiful things the love and the light and everything like that but if there's no um kind of end of the tunnel right there is a beautiful life on the other side of the pain you move through mm. but it doesn't mean that the difficult times that we've been through go away or like our natural more difficult habits disappear it means that we learn to manage them right so those exactly. like overthinking thinking thoughts yeah in recovery we say like we learn how to dial them down like mm-hmm. it's a radio station and um your traits what you call them we'll call them we, we call them defects of character they're the ones we don't like the most right and they come out and they bug us and annoy the crap out of us but it's like you start to see it and you see it like a radio station you kind of you know how to turn the volume down each time you experience it I'm like okay hi hi mm-hmm. annoying for me today self-sabotage was coming up and it's something that I do 
when things are running well because I'm so used to drama in my life I've come from drama I've come from trauma all that stuff so when things are running smooth and I'm kicking goals it's like little Jenna goes it's time for some more drama let's make you feel miserable again it's so funny I did the same thing today there's definitely something going on in the stars today mine was imposter syndrome and I was I did the exact same thing I was like oh my god you you don't know what you're doing you, who are you to ask all these questions and talk about all these things like people are just gonna think you're a dickhead and I was like hang on like I just hang on and it was it's it's funny how we can spiral and our comfort zone sends us back to these it is crazy like these crazy ideals and these crazy thoughts that are so false they're so false but we trained ourselves to believe them at such a young age that it's like an elastic band right we stretch our comfort zone and stretch ourselves and stretch ourselves and then something triggers us because we're doing really well that we let go of that band and come right back to here I think I don't know about you my recovery rate is so fast now when something knocks me or triggers me or I'm down a energetic rabbit hole a shadow rabbit hole that I need to move through and heal like I always joke now it's like I've got like a 24 hour 48 hour maximum recovery rate because I've done years of this painful excruciating trauma that it doesn't mean that I don't experience it it doesn't mean that it's disappeared or gone away but it means that when I see it I witness it and I will go for a walk and I will sit with it and I will cry if I need to cry and I do what I need to do to be able to release it right are you similar yeah I'm the same I used to um so for me, it's been 10 years in the making of mm-hmm. looking and analyzing and going in those spirals like you were talking about. And um, yeah, now I can like witness it. I love that witnessing, observe it. Like just mm-hmm. I, I liken it to stepping out of my body and watching my yeah. body run the show. It's like my yeah, body's running the show. let's get some popcorn <laughs> and just watch, watch ourselves spiral. <laughs> it's like, it's like it's like my um, ability to, I don't know, it's like my, my body hijacks, right? And it just goes into autopilot, what it knows to do. And uh-huh. um, yeah, so I was watching a, a show on this where our bodies actually do do this and we have the power mm-hmm. to retrain our um, gene expression and our DNA and all these things. And all the automatic thinking that we've done in our subconscious has trained our body to react and respond a certain way mm-hmm. so when things are running smooth the body doesn't understand it it's like no but hang on we've been in fight or flight all this time what are you doing this is too calm like i i need to be in survival mode again so it's so, so interesting how it all works so true it's so true and i think we're definitely of a generation that we we all experienced trauma like i had a beautiful childhood I did, but I also had a very traumatic childhood. Um, it was very 50-50. Um, I think this is one of the reasons where we'll move into Zoom, why I think we have such a like a, a be- beautiful conversation because there's such a familiarity with backgrounds and pasts and things that we've both moved through in different ways. And I was raised by an incredible mom 
um, who was moving through her own trauma at the time, right? Mm. And then also felt, you know, had a really big impact from my um, father and then my stepdad and just like all of these things that that happen. And we train ourselves in a simple way that that's a form of protection. That's the only way Mm. we know how to move forward um and deal with like uh, the upheaval that happens to us right that it's not um in our control shall we say Mm. and so a big part of my upbringing was being surrounded by um like substance abuse alcoholism and things like that um I say it was only really alcohol that I was around as a child and it wasn't until teenage years, um, late teens that, you know, moved into spaces outside of that. But as a kid, I really witnessed alcoholism. Um, and that has definitely been a pattern that I've seen through my life. Not I wasn't drinking as a kid, but I witnessed that in um, family members and how that actually then ended up affecting me as an individual. Mm. Um, and my path and my choice. And when we say like we train our bodies, my my old reflexes were to go and drink or go out partying and go in I am kind of just numb myself mm. through the pain and the experience which I also used to do through food as well so I know that obviously recovery has been such a big part of your process and I was hoping that you would share a bit of that story with us yeah what would you like to know ask me anything everything (laughs) um when was the the moment you decided that that wasn't the life you were going to live anymore okay so I did what we call a geographical I left Greece to come to Australia to avoid the life I was living there okay so over there to paint you a little picture I was trying to study on my own, living with a addicted boyfriend who was very toxic, um, very codependent, all these things. And so I did a geographical and I came to Australia, supposedly for a better life, to move away from the substance. I was smoking a lot of pot at the time. We're talking like 20 joints a day, like ludicrous amounts, and then going out all night and like I could down at my <laughs> – my uh, proud moment was that I could down a bottle of Sabuka, have 30 shots of vodka and still be standing. So I had a very high tolerance in wow. what I could put down and I never threw up. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I love that you've just called that the proud moment because what was the... that used to be the thing, wasn't it? I used to do shotguns at the age of 14 with my brother and his friends and we would cut a hole in the bottom of a cannon so you could down it the fastest I always won and that was like my crowning moment moment (laughs) of life as a teenager it was who who could drink who under the table first I always won so this was me at 19 but I was miserable all these things Mm -hmm. and um yeah, I had begged my mom for me to move back to Australia. So me in my mind, I was thinking Australia's going to be amazing. I'm going to be away from all these people. Everything's going to be awesome. I come back to Australia, <laughs> catch up with a friend. And the first thing he does is we go and pick up weed. 
it's just oh, you've just right. kind of like just picked yourself up and just dropped yourself in the same life but somewhere else so I'm back in it right I, I never leave it and it just gets worse and worse and worse because it's never enough so soon enough the way doesn't work and the whole thing was it wasn't about parting from me it was all about feeling a void and just numbing myself so mm-hmm. I wouldn't face what had happened to me in my teen years yeah and um yeah so it got really bad I ended up with some drug dealer boyfriend and um it got very psychotic it got to the point of you know tables were being thrown I'm actually surprised the neighbors never called the police but our next door neighbors used to fight really loud as well so it was a who was gonna be louder than who yeah it was just a little bit of a tennis match going on (laughs) it's madness like I think back I can laugh about it now because it's like lifetimes ago it just feels like a whole different life but my bottom then was I had managed to get this man out of my life he was kind of there and he wasn't there so I managed to get him out of my home because he had somehow managed to come in the home and take over the home and Mm -hmm. very shady and I remember looking for we call them shards like it was crystal meth and it was all the little bits something Mm -hmm. that had fallen in the floors and I remember being on the floorboards looking through the cracks for any crumbs to get another high and I just remember my fingers starting to bleed and looking at my hands going what has this come to I did not come here to be this Mm -hmm. I was a shell of a person I wasn't eating I wasn't drinking I wasn't sleeping I wasn't showering it was awful I smell like cigarettes and look like death warmed up I was just, I was not leaving. I was zombie, right? Um, and I picked up the phone and I called my auntie and she, she knew something was up that I wasn't in my right mind. I wasn't really speaking to anyone. I was so isolated because this guy was like um, very emotionally abusive and all the things. So I called her up and she invited me over to her home. They made me a hot meal and her husband sat me down and she, they gave me a list and it was from Narcotics Anonymous website on Are You an Addict? And I, I took the list home and he said, if you answer to a lot of these, yes, I've got a place I can take you. And I took it home. I did not sleep. I answered all the questions. I think all of them were a yes but one. And I'm like, yeah, I'm an addict. I have a problem. And so the next day he took me to a meeting in uh, St Kilda in Melbourne and um, the rest was history. It took me a little while to understand that alcohol is a drug. So I was drinking every weekend and I ended up, up having a full-blown relapse on drugs and all the things um, around 90 days clean. And, but then that was it. Like after that, I was done. Um, so it was really yeah. an interesting, yeah, interesting time to be mm-hmm. what was that 20 I think it was 23 yeah it was 23 when I got clean yeah wow so that's an incredible kind of admission to be owning as well right um yes. and to be sharing that is so important that we talk about these things and we talk about not just um 
the shadow aspects of our healing, but the true reality of the pain that you went through that that got you there. I remember one of the biggest moments I um re- was able to forgive my dad for his drinking was when I realized it was wasn't about me, right? Mm. It was about the the feelings that he was moving through and the same with you to um put yourself in that experience and you know that to become your norm and your comfort zone. So how does it feel to look back on that and to reflect on that? It's mixed emotions. There's a part of me that feels really sorry for that girl that was so broken and so lost. Um, I think the shame of it has finally left me because there was a lot of shame and a lot of guilt in what I felt I had to do because when Mm -hmm. you're in the grips of addiction, you always say, I'm never gonna, and you end up breaking that next, I'm never gonna, and you, and you just keep going to new lows. Um, and you're doing it, you know, you're doing it, you're hating yourself for it, but you can't stop because you just want to keep getting high. (laughs) And it's just such a vicious, just the most excruciating pain a human being can be in. Um, yeah, so my heart really like goes out to anyone who is in that cycle. And like I go to meetings uh, to this day uh, when I can um, and I look to newcomers and I'm like, oh, man, I know, I know where you are. I know what it feels like and the bravery and the courage it takes to go into a meeting and say, hi, I am and I'm an addict and I'm clean today. I'm one day clean. And to have an hour clean and to be counting the minutes to the next day clean and doing everything in your power just to stay clean and looking to others going to show me how to live. So you don't know how to live anymore. It's just, it's insane. It's insanity it, in its finest form. Yeah, it really <laughs> yeah. is. And, and for me, my, my relationship with alcohol and substances was never to that extreme. Um, mine, I, Mine was mine was an avoidance. Mine was mine was to just not feel what I was feeling, but it was a weekend thing would drown my sorrows and, and everything. But I remember it was my sister-in-law um, who has been, is it four years sober, five years sober? Four years sober this year. And I'm so oh, proud of her. So, so, so proud of her. Like she is amazing and it she was the reason that I was able to forgive my dad like he's sober he's been sober for years now and he helps other people and what they do is so beautiful and the energy that that ripples out into the world that for me it allowed me as I'm kind of a someone who's wit as as a witness as the family member as the loved one that experienced those things I was able to really just let go of a lot of my pain because I could see that, you know, she like loved, loved her kids so much. And um, what she's been through is just so enormous. So there's so much respect and just admiration for the pain that you must have moved through in order to, you know, heal that time. And I do believe that that's what makes you right 
those experiences and it's it's hard when we when we look back and we do feel sad for those versions of ourselves right but I'm trying to word this in 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 the right way like it it made you 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 know it made you this version of you and it made those those other people that I, I love so dearly this version of them and now you're helping people so that leads me on like this journey has created this version of you obviously there's been a bit of a gap kind of leaping here um but you now give magic out into the world and help people and and help other people move through their lives and understand who they are so tell us about that like how you went from you know going to rehab and having a relapse and and never using again no, no rehab, rehab sorry sorry um no, that's okay climbing the walls at home on my own <laughs> okay wow wow yeah um, I didn't that's know about incredible. rehab I thought rehab was a movie thing I didn't realize it was a real thing oh wow so you did this to for you? Ask about a rehab. I did it I did it because I just didn't want to be in that anymore so I okay. did two to three meetings a day I would do um, second half, so coffees afterwards. I just wouldn't be home. I would just okay. just be with people that were clean and sober and just kept chasing after them, um, seeing yeah. who's going to go to the next coffee, the next lunch, the next meeting. So I'd just make it through my day without mm-hmm. calling the ex-boyfriend because I didn't know where else to go. He had trained me to only go to him. Okay. So I wow. had to unlearn all of that as well. Um, unlearn the fact that, you know, he had told me my my family don't love me, all these things. So I had to start to unlearn all of these and ask yeah. for help from others. So it was, it was a huge process, but no, no rehab for me. Wow. But yeah. So how was that, your recovery then? Your recovery led you to this, to doing the magic you do now. So it's been a bit of a process actually. Um, mm-hmm. I've... <laughs> I've always been the friend that like strangers will come up and tell me their life story. So (laughs) I've always had that about me. I'm like, I was telling my husband, I remember months ago, I'm like, why do people always come up to me and just start telling me everything about them? And he goes, I don't know. You just have that energy. I I did the same to you too. And, um, so I've always had that about me. I've always had this, this, um, once you get to know me or you're in my field and you're comfortable, cause some people just don't straight up like me and that's fine. Like mm-hmm. I've learned to deal with that. Um, they just think of blah, like <clears throat> in my sessions with clients, the most amazing things come up because we intuitively lead through and, mm-hmm. and then like, Oh, I'm getting this, you know, question to ask you and I'm seeing this thing and they're like, blah, 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 everything comes out. So I've always had that energy. So that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, is that my own journey has shown me the human potential, not to put myself on a pedestal or anything, but my own journey from birth to now has shown me what a human can endure what a human can go through experiences that make them or break them and where the potential lives. So, and then in comes human design is then, then I could start to go into my design and understand, 
oh, okay, so that's where that conditioning came from or that's where, you know, these these energies come from. Um, that's where, like, my power lives more and this is, yeah. this is what's, you know, undervaluing it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I want to give that out into the world. I want women who are feeling they might be as broken as I was or they're a bit further along in their journey and they want to make more of themselves, they don't want to live that anymore. And they want to step into their highest potential and see what they can do and what they can bring to the world. And the teacher in me also, um, I'm going off on a tangent now, but I was a teacher. Go off. I love for, a good tangent oh. and a rabbit hole. We know how awful. <laughs> I was a teacher for a long time. I taught at a Greek school. I taught as an emergency teacher. Like that's what I studied to be. And the one thing I got asked today, what do you love about your business? And I said, the light bulb moment that goes off in my client's eyes when they have that aha moment. And I was there to witness it, to Mm -hmm. witness the, and I'm getting goosebumps now, to witness their aha moment and then to watch how that aha moment unravels and just makes magic for them. Yeah, I love that. So much life. The aha moment is just, incredible it just mm. as as like a, like a mentor yeah and you just see it and they go oh yeah and they move and and you're just like oh here we go like I'm just yeah. watching Roller, here, we go. <laughs> here we go here we go sit back I'm gonna watch this amazing yes. show because it's it's so powerful yes. um I love that yeah I had that with all my students like yes. the I didn't really care about how well they do in the test or if they, you know, did their homework or whatever. Like I'd pretend to care because I had to, right? <laughs> but what I really cared about was a type of, you know, human being that were being mm-hmm. and the relationships and that they were feeling, you know, good within themselves and that they weren't altering or editing them themselves. Like I remember like... um there were kids where they were really loud or they were really this and they'd get shushed and I'm like, no, be loud. Like, let's like, you know, bring that. And I remember there was this one boy and he couldn't sit still. He had to learn on the go. He just needed to be moving. So I'd let him like roam around the classroom. <laughs> like just is, I'm like, if you're not bothering anyone, like just go around the like back of the classroom. So yeah. I was always inclined to allowing people to shine as they are and not alter them, but to rather show them how they can use their gifts and amplify them more and mm-hmm. do away with all the, the shitstorm of, you know, pressures and societal conditioning and all that stuff. Let's, you know, let's dull that down so we can bring the shine out more. Yeah. I love that. I was really the loud kid. Yeah. I was the loud kid that <laughs> always wanted to, I always had the questions and the second a teacher couldn't answer my question and my questions were now I think back at the time I would just look at them and be like I'm literally just asking a question and I would get in trouble for the questions that I would ask and I realized now it's because they didn't have a fucking clue to how to answer a girl like me (laughs) because I think a lot of my questions were more esoteric and I was like but why do you think that is? And I would quiz my teachers and I think they just thought I was some obnoxious kid. And so 
it put me off. It put me off at all. It put me off school. I had no respect for most of my teachers, like zero. And they didn't, they didn't know at the time that I had ADHD. I was an adult when I found that out and knowing how to handle it. So hearing that, you know, there are teachers that exist that really want to help children be who they are in their own expression, their own learning and education and to receive the help that they need is beautiful, especially because I've got nieces and nephews and I really hope that they get what they need in their schooling because I definitely didn't. Mm. I didn't get what I needed. I was a shit by the end of it. Like I totally, hands down, I was a shit by the time I got asked to leave in um, lower six. Um. But yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because that was definitely shaped by how I was treated when I was 11, 12 and 13. And then by 14, I was like, sod this, sod Mm. this. Where's the alcohol? Where's the boys? And then I was a teenage, teenage dirtbag, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Fit for the video clip. I'm just a How many photos though? That's, I was trying to think about it. I, I don't have that many. I need to go back into like the photo boxes of when you used to get them printed out. Do you mm-hmm. remember? Did you have the wind up cameras? That's yeah. become a big thing here in Australia recently. I'm older than you. Thank you very much. I'm Are older you? than you. Yes. We had the, the windy ups and you couldn't see what you were taking. You just had to trust that whatever got developed. Oh, was of yeah, what you took. Exactly. and then we, that's what we had I found one a few about two years ago that was from when I was in year six so I was like the leaving when I was like 10 years old and I found it I was all and it it got made perfectly I was like oh those are that you couldn't see anyone's faces they were the worst pictures anyone's ever taken but still <laughs> anyway we digress so okay so what it's just such a beautiful message that people truly get to be themselves so for someone who is listening to this now and they are struggling let's say with truly being able to be who they are to be their fullest expression of themselves or not even the fullest expression of themselves but if someone is even just struggling with being themselves being able to or having the space to or letting people people around them not giving them that space to what would you say to them oh big question big big question big question that wasn't my intention to ask that one but I was like that's okay words of wisdom for these souls I love it so obviously it depends on the person that's you know in front of me um Mm -hmm. because that's going to alter what is going to be a good way for them to go about it but Mm -hmm. one of the things that I love and I talk to is speaking in front of a mirror and pretending that the person that you want to talk to is there so personify them by just chatting and it's a great way to start is actually just practicing with yourself what you want to say and how you want to say it because I'll go from personal experience. I used to be really scared to say, to speak my mind, Mm -hmm. even though I was really vocal, I used to edit myself so much. And that 
that's probably why I took a lot of drugs too because they made me say whatever I wanted to say but (laughs) when I came out of it when I came out of it um even just to say hi I'm Jenna what's your name was really scary and that's where I came from like I came from to oh what do I say now and the one thing that really helped me was practicing in front of a mirror and and just you know going hi my name is Jenna um I'm from Melbourne like I wouldn't know what to say I wouldn't know how to I didn't know how to make small talk it was always these really deep intricate rabbit hole conversations of we're all just cells man (laughs) (laughs) wow you know um so yeah one place to start because it's such a huge huge question and there's so many ways that you can do it but one place to start is practice with yourself in the mirror how would you Mm. how would you speak to you and it's and it's quite confronting too because many um, I'm finding many people who struggle with self-expression don't like looking at themselves in the mirror and I can Mm. attest to that um because it's confronting you're seeing yourself so I feel that if you can speak to yourself in the mirror you can then go start and speaking and expressing yourself even more in the outside world. The other thing I would suggest is if, is practice with someone you really trust as a sounding board and go through like, um, uh, so if there was, it was, you wanted to speak to something like speak to a topic or I'll go, mm-hmm. I'll go with business online because this is a huge one. I'm seeing with so many people who are new and this is what I went through as well. How the heck do I speak on camera? and be authentic right so how do I speak on camera and be authentic without a script rehearsal and how do I do all these things is I I remember one lady she's like I had to rehearse and I had to and it came out all robotic and talk talk like you're chatting to a friend so maybe Mm -hmm. chat to a friend beforehand and how do you express with them somewhere where you you trust them and it's safe it's a safe environment you can trust them with your expression before you go off and you so always experiment first do a practice ground before you go out and be your bright beautiful self in the best way you can a good starting point there's a few things that's amazing thank you so much for those shares because they are really going to hit home with people and there's a lot of things there that are completely opposite to my journey so it's really interesting to hear that um because I started in my my last business was beauty salon so small talk I've got this I've got this down and it's the same as like people I would have clients come in and they would end up telling me their life story but you would also you know fill in the blanks like if you were doing people's nails or whatever in a in the public area like they would skirt around but the second you get them into the treatment room to have like their brows done or whatever it's like oh my god um and actually for me the people that I'm closest to were the hardest for me to express myself to yeah that's that's what really landed with me is that that has been my most difficult forms of expression so as I was going through this journey and back when I used to go out partying I would just chat shit Mine wasn't like esoteric. I would just chat utter shit and have like the next day I'd be like, I don't, what the hell? I was 
talking about? And now, I mean, maybe it does sound like nonsense. A lot of the things that I say are spiritual downloads and things these days. Um, but it was when I when I was going through, obviously, um, moving into my awakening and reclaiming my voice. It was so much easier, like when I moved to Bali, because I was like away from the people who had known me for so long. And I do love and trust, but I wasn't fully able to be the highest expression of myself. I found it more difficult to be around the people that that I love and still be this expression of me because I found um, people had made a decision and I still see it now. People have made a decision on who I used to be compared to who I am now. And mm. I reckon there's quite a few people who were like, hey, that Ashley's gone loopy. Like, have you seen some of the stuff she talks about? And that's fine. Um, but it was, it was a lot harder for me to kind of spiritually come out, I guess, to family members and to express myself fully around those family members because I wouldn't want to offend them or for them to think I'm crazy. But mainly now I'm saying this out loud, I was always scared of being brushed off as just silly little Ashley. That's what it was for me. Like I always felt brushed off. Whereas when I moved away or I um, explored the world, I didn't feel silly anymore. I felt seen and heard. You know, mm. it's interesting how we have those different processes and movements. I'm gonna pinpoint when you when I say someone you you love and trust, you went straight to family, yeah. 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 I'm thinking. I'm talking friends. Okay. So my process, my journey have been, I've made my own families. Yeah. I've never felt that I can express in my family. The one person I've always been able to express a little more so, not to the fullest, has been my auntie. But everybody else I'm edited, even to this day, like I pick and choose what I say. That's that's Um, what I mean, yeah. Yeah, because there are limitations or, Mm -hmm. you know, and you've got to respect other people's limitations and boundaries as Absolutely. well. So I might not come out all, what? My mum doesn't understand my creative expression. She's not wired that way. Yeah. My dad, let's not even go there. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so you, you kind of adapt and, and alter, I suppose, I find in family. But we, when I say practice grounds, I all, always mean like a trusted friend um the ones that are not going to judge you uh the ones that are and there will be friends where like you said from the past that have got that mental image of you what's that Mm -hmm. there was a sound bite that says um you're you're living my past more than than I am I've moved on like you know I've saved it yeah I've saved it because I'm like oh my gosh there are so many people who still see me as drugged out cuckoo Jenna and I'm so not that I like got told by a family member um uh you're just a druggie and a druggie knows a druggie about a situation and I'm like hang on a second you've you've like come and celebrated milestones with me you know you're like a a close family member and I don't have many family much family here in Australia all my family's in Greece and and I'm like why why are you saying this because obviously in their mind 10 years haven't passed I haven't grown they're stuck there because I must I may have traumatized them in some way to see me in that state and they haven't moved on 
And it doesn't matter how many amends I make or how many uh, living amends where we just, you, we change by the nature of our being. It doesn't matter how many times, you know, I've done good. I'm remembered by the wrong that I did. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I feel that. I I really understand. And that is, that is so powerful. And I think for me, I... I knew early on on my spiritual journey that I was going first mm. in my friendship groups, in my family. And like, I can be my my weirdest self with my family now. Like there is no real filter. There is with certain family members, but for the most part, I'm just like, this is full expression of me. When I go and see my parents in Portugal, the crystals come out, my cards are there. Like it's just, it is what it is. Um, but even in terms of friends as well, like I felt so alone on this journey for such a long time and I knew I had to go first and now we're where we're at. Um, it's still the same. It is still the same. And I often see myself take a huge leap and dive in and then give it a few weeks and I'm helping my friends to the exact same motion. But I definitely felt alone so to like I didn't have that sounding board now when we're talking I didn't realize that I didn't have the sounding board until years later I do now um but I definitely still even notice now that my energy is like I'm bouncing in realms that sometimes my sounding boards can't see like that's probably how I'm gonna put it and that's um it's interesting isn't it how everyone's different um but I think I think finding the the ultimate story is finding that soul family that you are safe. like I'm safe enough with my friends to be like I'm off doing something spiritually weird do you know what I mean or being like they hold the safe space for me yeah even if they can't help me compute what's happening they'll like just hold the space for me to kind of process and then I'll process and voice note them the story of what I've experienced um and I think it is really important for us to break away and create that for ourselves and create the, the relationships with people who just simply see you and hear you and and give you the invitation to be here and who you are and express yourself absolutely I love that, and that give is you the invitation beautiful. I like yeah. how you said that last one that was so beautiful. I know I feel like that's such a beautiful end like a beautiful yeah. we're not gonna I'm gonna I've got another question but that's Go a beautiful it. way to kind of bring in and like if we touch on human design like I believe that all of us are waiting for some kind of invitation in humans yeah. like generators we're waiting to be invited to respond and I know mm. projectors are waiting for all invitations um but we're all being invited to move through those different processes right and I think that's what we're all waiting for is just some invitations from souls that get us and see us and that's what we are doing here that is my intention is to invite people in to speak and be seen and be heard and be felt and listen to our conversation and go shit that's me like I finally hear people talking about me Lizzo really sparked me this week did you see the video of her in the red dress and she was like I wanted to see me 
I wanted right. to see girls like me. And she she uses the phrase, I wanted to see fat girls like me on the screen. And I was like, oh, you beauty, you magical soul, because that's what I always wanted. I wanted to see me. And she said, I wasn't going to see me. So I had to be the me that I was going to see. So she is yeah. the one that we, we've all been kind of waiting to see. And that's what this is about. I want people to be like, yeah, I get to see people succeeding through and after the things that we've had to move through, right? And that's just, thank you so much for sharing your story and your wisdom and your magic with me because I know this is going to just help so many people. I love that. I love it. So my last, my last question is, what is your next big dream? Oh, okay. So my big dream, Mm -hmm. my biggest dream is to somehow create the, um, the connections, the, it's it's all in motion. I can see it happening. But what I keep getting is I have this big, big building. And inside the building are all these women who uh, do things like we do, like work with energy, work with um, maybe human design, Reiki, kinesiology, do the shadow work, all these things. Mm-hmm. And in this building, it's a holistic center and it's for recovery. And it's for women, mothers, for the children to not be separated from their mothers and to be able to go through the recovery process in a holistic way, not to be replaced with other drugs and not to be on, you know, the box zone or whatever they put them on for forever to be able to detox in a um, safe way and to have a program, a safety net that's going to cocoon them and teach them how to live in a really beautiful environment with their children there so they're not separated. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what it's going to look like exactly. I just keep getting this vision of this big building and it's like all the women are in this building (laughs) And we're just welcoming in and we're welcoming in, I don't want to say broken souls, but we're welcoming in souls that want more for themselves mm-hmm. and they want a better life and they want to, I like the, um, there was a post you put up and it says uh, we inherit something along, we inherit the trauma from the generations, but it's up to us to stop it. Mm-hmm. So what I'm really big on and I know I'm here to do that is to end the generational trauma to end the cycle so that my children don't take it on with them I and love I feel that like so much. Yeah, and I feel like addiction is such a generational pattern yes. uh, it's a huge one I'm getting full body goosebumps here mm-hmm. um, it's I'm a huge that. one to stop the cycle and to enter in a new way of doing things this new earth that we keep talking about. Um, And I feel like, yeah. That's so, so true. Now you said it in that way that 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 is such a generational thing. Mm. Wow. 
I love mm. that. That is so in some form. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, that's yeah. my big, bright, beautiful. That's like the, the, what my legacy, what I want to leave in this world. When my obituary is written one day, I wanted to say Jenna left this and she impacted hundreds of thousands of lives. And, yeah. you know, all these women are living such beautiful lives because of this creation and it's a collaboration it's going to be a collaborative thing so yes. and it starts it You're starts gradually gradually from from here from now slowly slowly oh, it's gonna happen here it comes I can't I'm so excited and I could like honestly whole body chills it's just so so powerful and so meant and right and I just feel that so deeply so thank you so much for sharing that with us and and sharing your story of success through recovery and your journey and everything it's it's so beautiful um and it's really nice to now be part of this as well and, and have this connection with you and watch you and see you grow and and just just share our stories and share the journey right like when we connect like this with so many of us it's so nice to start sharing the story I know there's women that I connected with like seven years ago and five years ago and seeing their process as well like I just can't wait to see the next few stages and things as you move through to this big dream so thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for sharing your magic with us and with the universe and gifting us all of your just amazingness. Um, yeah, I think that's thank it. Thank you for so having is there me. Anything that you want to share on how people can reach out to you, can connect with you, um, and potentially work with you as well. Yeah, so you can find me on at I am Jenna Georgia. G-E-N-A. We will put all of your yeah. <laughs> we'll put all of your links in as well. Yeah. So, so you can find me there. Um, you can work with me one on one. Um, we can book in a reading, a human design. I like to call it an activation session because uh, we really activate what's in your the juiciness and there's a lot that comes through and I remember one client um, said I walked away with way more practical strategies than I thought I was going to receive so I'm all about hands-on and walking away with things that you can use straight away in your day um, we've got some really exciting things coming up in the new year with a mastermind a group mastermind it's going to be amazing amazing, amazing. Um, and we've got in October launching the Creators Collective on Facebook. So you can join there as well as a group. And we've also got the Creators Movement in um, Instagram. So they're private groups where you can get to know me a bit more and learn more about your human design in a more direct and hands-on way. Oh, so beautiful. I'm amazing. So we'll make sure that all of your links, you're easily accessible and people can directly find you. I am fantastic. Thank you so much again and yeah let's close this out let's let just let this magic do what it's meant to do and hit this all that's meant to hit <laughs> thank you for joining me for this episode of the bellyful podcast i'll see you next time for more conscious conversations and more of that bellyful magic